Hello and welcome to Mavs Plain. We talk about Mavs news, Mavs history, current trends, anything that's going on in the world of Mavs basketball. We got you covered every single day of the week. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is Mike Frailer. What's up, Mike? Hey, Bobby. Um, excited to do another show. I think this will be a really, really fun topic. It is going to be a good topic, man. And the, the topic yeah. of discussion on today's episode is uh, it's a pretty personal thing. So it's kind of easy to get like sentimental between watching The Last Dance and just thinking about how many days it's been without basketball. We're like getting close to 70 days now or 60 or something. It's just insane. Uh, just thinking about some of the experiences we've had with this team, man. And uh, looking back on our favorite game that we've ever been to. And um, just just thinking about that topic, you're the, you're the one that brought it up. And I was like, dude, just as, <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, how do you even decide? And now that's like a weird flex or whatever. But I, I do just want to say there are a lot of people uh, who are Mavs fans who don't even live in Dallas or in Texas or in America Um they live on the other side of the world. And so there are a lot of people that watch this team that have never even been to a game. Uh, and there are a lot of people who have only been to a couple, but then there's, there's people like you and me that have gotten to go to several. And so um, to, to even to have to think hard about this uh, is, is pretty cool. So it's kind of privileged to even be able to talk about it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to choose from. And so I'm, I'm curious to see where this conversation goes. So, Mike, we'll start with you, man. First off, mm-hmm. before you before you say your game, um, how many games you been? How long you been going to games? I mean, what's like your first Mavs game that you went Ooh. to? Like, give us a little backstory before you <laughs> b- build us up. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've been really following the Mavs since like Jason Kidd's second year. I, re- I remember learning about him as a rookie, but the second year is when I really started become like basketball conscious and follow the team on a day-to-day basis so that was in 95 96 I actually didn't even go to my first game until the 97 98 season Um, I was in fifth grade at the time and it was either it was a Christmas gift and it was either the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas but my dad took my brothers and I to see the Mavs play the Wizards um, at reunion in December of 97 the week of Christmas I don't remember the exact date but that was the first game I ever went to the Mavs lost but I was really excited. You know, I, I got to see Michael Finley play and the Wizards at the time, um, you know, that they had Chris Webber, Juwan Howard. So they, they had some exciting young talent. So that was the first game I ever went to. Um, and then, yeah, and then I, you know, I probably went to one game a year up in, from like between like fifth grade and, and high school. Not not a lot, you know, what, what my family could could do we you know we could go to a game but I watched a lot I watched as much as I could on TV I um I would listen to games on the radio if they weren't since we didn't have cable I would listen to um it was actually follow well at the time calling the games on the radio um and so it feels like you've known that guy for your whole life huh yeah exactly um I've been listening to his voice in some form for like literally like 20 years 21 years um and then by right around the time I or no, my freshman year at high school, um, my biology teacher was like a, a huge Mavs fan too. And he started a Mavs club and he had a ticket, uh, like a ticket connection and was able to get some like discounted rates. So we all got to go to games sitting way up high, but there was like 10 or 12 of us 
and he would drive us like in like one of the school vans. So I went to like five or six games that year. It was the first year at American Airlines Center, sitting up in nosebleeds with uh, some high school buddies and one of our teachers, and we were the Mavs Club at, at That's Jesuit. That's pretty so awesome. That, that is yeah, pretty so that, awesome. that was fun. Um, so I went to some great games that year, and probably from 2001 to 2002 till now, I go – anywhere between five and 10 games a year. Um, but it's even when I was uh, living in, in the Midwest for nine years, anytime I was in Dallas, I would make it a point to go to a Mavs game or seeing, or seeing them play in Chicago or Milwaukee or wherever. So, but yeah, almost, uh, and since I've been back in Dallas, I've, uh, I did have a 10 game season ticket package for a few years. Um, and, you know, would go with my friend or I would take my wife or he, and he would take his wife, but, I probably go to about five or six games a year. So I've been privileged to see a lot of, a lot of great games over the last uh, 23 years. So what would you say then is your favorite game? So this could mean the best game. It could mean the most memorable. It could be the happiest. It could be the saddest. It could be the opponent. <laughs> what, what is of the dozens and dozens and dozens of Mavs games that you've been to, what has been your favorite one? So this is, and uh, I think I've mentioned this before, um, this is the only playoff game I've ever been to in my life, but I was present at, for the Vince Carter buzzer beater game three of the 2014 Ooh, Western Conference nice. first round. Nice. So that was awesome. Um, you know, I'm scared. They're not scared. The wrong, is the wrong word. Uh, I'm just, I'm skeptical that uh, any playoff game I go to in the future will ever live up to that. Cause um, you know, it was only a first round series, a series that they ultimately lost, but how it, finished was awesome and i've never heard the american airlines center so loud as uh as that that moment um that was so memorable and so much fun and i'm i'm very much like a quiet reserved person but i lost my voice <laughs> that it's like one of the few times that's ever happened to me just from yelling so much so that was just that was so much fun and i'll never forget being in the building for that uh it was a saturday afternoon game and um six years ago and you know i just i had a great angle of, of the shot um i was in the lower bowl sitting with my brother and we just we just had a blast he's he's not a mavs fan but you know we, we really enjoyed just just being there and uh enjoying that uh it was a historic moment dude for my money that is one of the if not the best played games in the history of that building just to, it, taking into consideration what's at stake and everything i mean this is a playoff game between two rivals the mavs and spurs now, the Mavs were the number eight seed, but mm-hmm. they had won game two. The Spurs were heavy favorites, not only to beat the Mavs, but also to win the championship. I mean, it was going to be them or Miami. I mean, that's what everybody thought. Uh, or OKC, I guess you could make the case for, too. But, dude, when Vince Carter hit that shot, I mean, that's one of the most famous shots in Mavs history. I, I, I'm not sure that any shot, any single shot, other than maybe Dirk's finger roll in game two, against Miami in the finals in 2011. I'm not sure any shot in Mavs history is as famous as that one. I mean, that that's like an iconic NBA moment, not just within the Mavs. I mean, that's like an all-time NBA shot that Vince hit. Oh, definitely. Um, and, I mean, it really gave me hope that, you know, maybe the Mavs could have even won that series. And, you know, we can – it put them up 2-1 um, at the time, so which, which was really – made it even more awesome. But um, yeah, just in terms of NBA history, it like it was 
eerily similar to a shot that Vince missed against the Sixers back in 2001, not, you know, in a similar place on the court. So, and I've seen like side-by-side comparisons on YouTube of those shots and it's pretty cool. And it was a great play by, by, by drawn up by Carlisle to hit, look for Carter in the corner. And it just, it worked to perfection. It was all net. Like it, you know, didn't get any rim. It was just a perfect, it was a beautiful shot. Um, and just the, uh, I watched the last half of the fourth quarter of that game earlier tonight. And, you know, I was there and, and I, and I remembered certain things, but like, there are just other things I somehow, they just escaped my mind in the last six years. Like I forgot how huge those D'Alembert free throws were. Um, and the shot leap before Vince's shot was Ginobili's layup. That thing danced on the rim for like two seconds and just ate up some really precious ticks of the clock. Like that really, that, I mean, in the end it worked out for the Mavs, but I feel like it, at the time it, I guess it really hurt them because it really didn't leave them much time to get off a shot. Like if you go watch the replay, Ginobili's shot was just like bouncing around and spinning on the rim and the clock's running the whole time until it finally goes down through the net. Like that was a crazy finish, not to mention Monte's play down the stretch. He was awesome too. Um, just such a memorable shot in NBA history. And um, if you go back and watch it on YouTube, just listen for the uh, the crowd noise when it goes in and the crowd reaction. Like it's a sea of blue, those blue T-shirts. I still have the, my T-shirt from that game. Um, just everyone rising and jumping in unison. Like it was awesome. It was so memorable, man. Uh, just everything about it. I mean, a, a game ends on a buzzer beater like once in a lifetime in the playoffs. Like it hardly ever happens. Yeah, it's very rare. If you think about Mavs history, I mean, Dirk hit a few buzzer beaters, but there really haven't been many buzzer beaters. I mean, even even the game winners he hit in 2011 were like with four seconds left or three seconds left. I mean, a game ending at the buzzer is just, it's incredible. It's an incredible thing to experience. And one other thing about that game that really stands out to me um, and, and I remember this as it happened because, I mean, it, it was kind of making the, the Mavs homer in me upset. Neither team was missing down the stretch of that game. So Diao hit a shot with 212 left to put the Spurs up 195. And from then on, the Mavs scored. Ginobili actually missed a shot, which was very lucky. The Mavs scored. The Spurs scored. The Mavs scored. The Spurs scored. The Mavs scored. The Spurs scored. The Mavs scored. The Spurs scored, and then Vince Carter hit the buzzer beater. I mean, there were <laughs> there was one empty possession in the last two twelve of that game, which is just you never you never see that. I mean, you think of like the best playoff games you've ever seen. There were misses. Misses are like crucial in making games competitive because obviously teams blow a lead or whatever. I mean, like the Mavs comeback against Miami wouldn't have happened if Miami had made shots, but in this game. There were no misses, and yet the Mavs still somehow managed to come back, and that's what makes it such a, I don't, it's such a thrilling thing to experience is that, like, both teams were at their best throwing haymakers at one another, trading the lead for the last couple minutes, and it just, it worked out that Vince, the the Mavs, Vince and the Mavs had the ball last, basically. That's what decided that game. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and you're right about the, the back and forth nature of it, because I was thinking about that as I watched it earlier. Yeah. It was like both teams were just everything they tried was working. And, you know, um, the uh, Spurs dissected the Mavs defense on a few times and, you know, um, Monte was huge down the stretch and, um, you know, he, he was incredible in that 2014 
playoffs um, in that series, or at least in the games that the Mavs won. So that was just uh, an incredible last few minutes. And yeah, speaking of the buzzer beaters, I, I don't even know, like a walk-off buzzer beater like you were talking about. I don't even know if Dirk ever even had one at home. I can't remember like a walk-off, you know, red lights for Dirk at home. I know he had a few on the road. I just, I, I can't remember him ever having one at the American Airlines I don't Center. think he did. And I'll even go yeah. as, so far as to say, I don't know when the last Mavs buzzer beater was outside of that Vince shot in Maybe Dallas. Maybe Darren Williams in the corner. Was that, was that a buzzer beater to win the game? Yeah, he, I guess oh, the Kings. Guess Darren the Kings? Williams. Okay, so one. that that I, I that, in my memory I thought that tied the game, but yeah, that that follow a three won the game, didn't it? Might have been it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd have to go back very, very far because I mean, I've been you know you and I have been watching Mavs basketball forever, and I'm sure we're missing an obvious one, and someone is just stomping their feet. But like, so many of Dirk's go ahead shots, like I said, came in the last five or ten seconds because he would purposely go early. So that yeah. if they fouled or that if, if he missed the shot, they'd still have a chance to put it back. I mean, very rarely does it ever come down to triple zero. Yeah, no, it's it's very rare. Um, Finley had a few. Um, I know that. But, yeah, I feel like the, the, the Mavs haven't uh, had that many. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, it is it is pretty rare, but I feel like it's especially rare for the Mavs. I know they've lost on a few, but yeah. uh, it's just, it, it is interesting. Yeah, and I was thinking about that when you said that because I know Dirk had one in New York, one in Milwaukee, one in Philadelphia. But yeah, walk offs. I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't want to say for sure, but if he made one at home, I cannot think of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rare, but that's what makes that's another reason that makes that Vince shot so special is. You know, not only was it a buzzer beater, but like it was one of the only ones, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and that makes it particularly memorable. Um, yeah, that was just a, that was a great game. I mean, that was that was the kind of game, too, where afterward, like there was sort of this. I don't know. I was experiencing like this afterglow feeling of like the Mavs might pull off this upset. You know, they they went ahead to one in the series. And so. Not only as a fan who was at that game did you get to see a magical moment, but also you're thinking like this might not just be like a one and done thing. Like they might actually like win this series now. And and so that like like you said earlier, I mean that that had to make it even a little more special, just the buzz that you were experiencing after that, but thinking like this could this could be legit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that it put them up two one, uh just added a whole nother layer of just how awesome it was. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, what do they call it on uh, no dunks or the starters, like a, a gentleman's sweep where, you know, the team goes up three, one, and then the, the, uh, the lower seated team wins game four at home. And then, you know, they lose four, one or something like that. It wasn't like a, just like a, a throwaway win or anything. It was like a, Hey, the Mavs can do this. And uh, you know, they, they very much almost did. It was, um, you know, I th- we talked about it before in a different episode. If uh, maybe Blair does a kick splitter in Game Four, who knows who wins the 2014 championship? I don't. I don't think the Mavs would have, but they might have knocked out the Spurs, and then it probably just would have been wide open for the Heat. Yeah, well, I mean, the Mavs would have played who? Portland in the second round, and they had some classics that season. But I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take Dirk in that yeah, series, that's and then true. you know that that I, it would have been OKC in the conference final. So we'll we'd see about that. But yeah, I mean, just. 
It, I don't know. It, it it felt it felt like they had a very real chance to win the series. They almost won game one too. Yeah, like, they, well, they should have. They were up like they should have fourth quarter. Yeah, and then they they, yeah, was, they blew um... the Spurs out in game two, and uh, game mm-hmm. four was very very close. I think it was also like a you know a one or two possession game for most of the fourth quarter, and uh, I, I could be misremembering that. But then no, it was it was they were down by a lot. And went on a huge run and came back, took the lead actually before the Spurs ended up pulling it out. Yeah, and then Game Five was pretty close, and then Game Six was extremely close. I mean, that that whole yeah. series could have gone either way. It's it really, for the most part, uh, it feels like every time the Mavs and the Spurs played in the playoffs during that era, it was it was some classic games. That's why we did a whole episode about that. Yeah. Uh, if you go yep. to, uh, it's called the history of the Mavs Spurs rivalry. It was one of the first episodes of this here program. And so you might have to scroll uh, scroll back in the library a little bit to get there. But if you haven't heard that episode, definitely check it out because we go down memory lane um, on uh, on that one. So, uh, man, yeah, good times, good times. Um, all right, so can I share mine with you? Absolutely. Okay, so I've been lucky enough to get to go to Mavs games for basically my entire life. I have memories That's awesome. of going to games – you know, at, at Reunion Arena, going all the way back to like the mid '90s, uh, as early as I have memories, I have memories of Mavs basketball. Um, one episode that we've talked about, I got to be at Michael Jordan's last game at the arena. Um, I've been to a, a, a lot of high stakes regular season games, playoff games, and everything. But uh, we were both at forty-one twenty-one-one, which is a game that you didn't yes. mention, and uh, it's not my favorite game, but it's. It's something that we both should acknowledge that we that we got to witness because that was a very special night. But my favorite game that I've ever been to is uh, if if Game Three of the 2014 playoffs wasn't the best game ever played in American Airlines Center, it might just be this one. This is Game Five of the 2011 Finals, Mavs versus Heat. The Mavs Mavs prevail 112 to 103 behind, again, if Vince's shot isn't the most iconic shot in American Airlines Center history, it might be the Jason Terry three over LeBron. With 33 seconds to go, Jed hits a pull-up three from, I don't know, 35 feet away, buries it, put the Mavs up 108 to 101 with 33 seconds left. And it was in that moment that I think everybody thought, like, holy crap, they're about to go up 3-2. They're about to be one win away from the championship. But just everything about that game was just incredible. It was so intense. It was so close, so back and forth. D-Wade was playing great. He hit a shot to put Miami up 99-95 to with four and a half minutes left. He hit a three at the top of the key. And I remember that shot. He, he was kind of like snarling afterward like, yeah, this this is over. Uh, and, and then Dirk happened, but, uh, D Wade was fantastic in that game. Chris Bosh was very good. LeBron had a 17 point triple double. I know everybody was criticizing him, but going 17, 10, 10 in the finals is no easy feat. Uh, you had JJ Brea play out of his mind. He scored 17 points. Jet gave you 21 off the bench. Dirk 29 points on 50% shooting, uh, 10 for 10 from the free throw line, and obviously one for one on threes. His one three in that game went about 45 feet in the oh, air yes. before coming back down and hitting nothing but net. One of the most that beautiful one. shots you'll ever see. Um, Absolutely. And another 
um that's were you a, an employee of the Mavs at that time no no I was I was only 19 or I was 20, oh wow I guess that's I right. just turned 20 yeah. so okay I, I was just a kid but uh I mean not a kid I guess I was a young man yeah. uh, legally <laughs> legally I was an adult but barely <laughs> um that's awesome yeah but I, I was I was at that game as a fan uh and it was I mean dude it was it was crazy it was crazy oh man yeah um Speaking of that Dirk three, there's another, and I want to say this was that game too. Was was that game five when he? It's probably less than two minutes left. He caught a pass on the baseline, drove right by Bosch for a dunk. For a right? dunk. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That put the match in front. That was one of the most aggressive moves I've ever seen Dirk make. He caught the ball and went straight for the basket. Like even you hear Mike Breen, like Dirk catches the ball and he says like, "Oh, Nowitzki, quick move!" Like he just he took off. Like it was, it was really, it's really cool if you just watch it and just watch his reaction from getting the ball to going towards the basket. There's like no time at all. He just goes straight there. Yeah. It was very decisive. And it's, it's funny you bring that up because um, watching the Blazers series and especially the Lakers series, you could see him kind of setting up that move um, throughout the entire playoff run. And now I, I, I don't really remember too much about the 2010-11 regular season. It's a 10 years ago. But, mm-hmm. you know, you could see him running the wing uh, w- with Jed or with Kid on the fast break. And if he beat the ball down the floor, he would go to that little, you know, that short corner area, 18, 20 feet from the rim. And, you know, they'd often uh, skip the pass ahead to him. And, you know, many times his man would beat him to the baseline. But in that instance, I think Bosch thought that maybe Dirk would post up or that he'd, you know, spot up and just take a little 18-footer because he gave Dirk the baseline. And Dirk took yes. it and just dunked it, threw it down right on him and everybody. And, I mean, it was it was amazing to see Dirk dunk, I mean, period. At, at that stage in his career, he wasn't dunking. But like you said, the ferocity and the decisiveness with which he attacked the basket was something that he just did not do. Uh, but in that moment, it was two and a half, 245 left in the fourth quarter, and that dunk put the Mavs up two. They had trailed by four, uh, then they went on a seven-to-one run, and that was the that was the last bucket of that run. And it set up what was an even bigger shot than Dirk's dunk, which was a Jason Kidd three from the top of the arc to put the Mavs up five, 105 to 100, uh, about a minute later in that game. And it was just, it was incredible. I mean, the Mavs were playing some unbelievable basketball uh, all throughout the fourth quarter of that game, really, but uh, especially late in the game. It started with Dirk, and it extended j- to Jason Kidd and Jason Terry, and uh, Tyson Chandler, I think, drew a big charge in that game, I want to say. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, he drew a charge on LeBron right before that, uh, right right before that kid three, I think, it, or right around then. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was that, that whole fourth quarter was just full of big play after big play. And uh, it it was just an, a very 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 memorable game uh, to be at, and and just I mean, how could you not love it? It put them up three two in the finals. I mean, it was uh, it was such a huge game. It was such a crazy atmosphere. I'm I'm very very lucky I was able to go to that. Oh yeah, no, that's um, you know going to a, a finals game is something I I would love to do at some point. So hopefully we'll be able to go and at some point in the, in the next few years whenever the the Mavs take their leap but uh yeah that that's that's pretty cool um what what would you say is your your runner up if you had a, a second favorite game oh man that's tough uh 
I feel like 41211 has got to be up there, but that was more of like an emotional experience than a, yeah. than like a spectacle. I mean, it was certainly a spectacle because Larry freaking Bird was there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was that that was like its own category. I think if if we're just talking like pure basketball, um, I don't know. I don't know. Game seven against Sacramento in two thousand three really stands out to me. Oh, nice! Um, That's a good one. Just because it was. I mean, it was the Mavs are going to the conference finals, you know, it was very exciting and it was a game seven. And, and that's always, that's always really fun. Um, the game when Dirk scored 50 against Phoenix in 2006 was amazing. Um, wow. really yeah. game, game four against the Lakers in 2011 was magical too. I mean, it was, it was a brutal beatdown, but it was an awesome game to go to. I mean, if, as long as you're a fan of the Mavs, you know, it was, yeah. it was a great game to go to. So, uh, those would probably be up there and, and I'm sure, you know, if I really thought about it, like Dirk's 30,000 point game was amazing. You know, I, I was working for the team by that point. So I was, I was there on the job, but, um, I mean, that was a, that was a, just a beautiful evening, him scoring 30,000 points against the Lakers. And, uh, you know, there were some other games, uh, whenever he moved past Wilt, that was great. Uh, Luca doing his Luca magic, hollow Luca bit against the Rockets in, uh, in 2018. <laughs> that was that was awesome just because it was like that was Luca's kind of arrival, right? That was him announcing that he's here. And so that was that was pretty cool too, just getting getting to be a part of that up close and seeing like not only was Luca great and it was a comeback win against James Harden, but it was on the night whenever Jason Gallagher and Isaac Lee performed Hala Luca. And so it was kinda <laughs> like it was the biggest flex of all time and that's that's what made it extra special for me. Oh yeah. No, that's man, those are some good ones. Um Hard to argue with any of those. That's pretty cool that you were there for all that. Yeah, I've been been very lucky. Uh, very That's lucky awesome. to go to, to go to all these games. Um, what's what's a game? So you're really into just into the historical aspect uh, mm-hmm. of the Mavs, and so you know you just as much as anybody else who was around back then, uh, you would know this. What's a game? Moody Madness, I feel like, is the easy answer. But what are some games uh, from the '80s or from the '90s that happened in reunion that you would, you know, if you had like a basketball time machine, you'd go back and and watch that game? Oof. Well, March '98 against the Bulls would be one I would definitely want to be there for, to where I could um, appreciate it. Uh, damn. Um, I think there. I think uh, the Mavs beat Larry Bird maybe in '86 or '87. Bird scored 50, but the Mavs won oh, at wow. reunions. So that would have been a good one, I would think, to go to. Um, just being a NBA history fan, um, you know the. If I'm remember, I'd have to remember the season, um, but you know the Mavs hadn't. I don't think they were, it, it wasn't the year that they went to the game seven of the conference finals against the Lakers. So it was when, when they were, you know, taking, like making their progress, taking the step forward. Um, they weren't in the Western conference elite yet, but to withstand 50 from bird and get a win at reunion, that must've been pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that would be a cool one to go to. Um, Hart beat the buzzer and, against the Lakers in 1986, yeah, I believe, right? Game yeah. three or game four of that series? Yeah. I think game three. And I actually just – and I didn't even know that this happened. I saw it. There's this There's this, um, new – I think it was on an Instagram account called, like, Random Hoops where some guy just posts all these old 
NBA highlights, Dr. J beat the Mavs at the buzzer from half court once in Dallas. And I no never way. even heard I never even heard of that. I don't know if it was like preseason or what, but I've, I'm going to go find the clip. I'll send it to you. I'm like, what? Like, I, how do I, I never knew this happened. But no there, yeah. So took a half court three and beat the Mavs in Dallas. And uh, I, like I said, I don't know if it was preseason or what, but it definitely happened. So that would have been kind of cool to go to just yeah. to see something like that happen. Um, I mean, that kind of sucks, but also it's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 90s, man. Um, I think it would have just been cool to, be at like the age I'm at now and watch Jason Kidd as like a rookie you know really all those triple doubles he was putting up and just seeing like um him just really dominate games without scoring uh um I know I think he did get like 38 on the Rockets once to hit a bunch of threes but I think that was in Houston so yeah. but I'm trying um I think that would just going back there and seeing that would be pretty cool or uh let's see um I mean, even the hmm. first game, just way back October of 1980, you know. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm sure I'm sure the place was lit that night. Just, I mean, it's, yeah. it's first basketball, you know, first first yeah. time ever. That would have been, yeah, they won. They beat the Spurs their first game ever, so that, that's pretty cool. Um, I did an episode with Joe Hassett, who had the first three-pointer in Mavs history that game. So that, that, that's kind of kind of cool that uh, – I'm going to stall for a little bit as I do some podcasting magic, but I'm going to give you a, uh, a little bit of a trivia quiz. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Hopefully I do well. <laughs> you said that, uh, that Joe Hassett hit the first three-pointer in Mavs history. Yes. I was going to say that's the first of many, but it was the first of a lot. Uh where all time do you think the Mavs rank in total three pointers made? Oh gosh, um, I'm guessing they're pretty high because they their their year in ex, their expansion year inaugural year was the second year that the three pointer was even a thing. So, wow, um, I'm gonna go with fourth. You were wrong. It's a good guess. You're close. They're second. Okay. Second wow. all time in three-pointers made behind That's pretty Houston. impressive. Yeah, Houston has made 20,667. They're the number one team ever. Dallas is second, 18,129. They actually, Golden State had passed them last season, but Dallas repassed them this season. So that's pretty cool. Uh, number two all time. So Joe Hassett hit the first. I don't know who hit the last. Probably Luca, maybe Boban. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, eighteen thousand one hundred and twenty-seven of them in between. So that's that's a pretty cool bit of trivia. That's pretty awesome. They also had an. an um, I feel like it ended at some point in like the last ten years. They had an insane streak of games with at least one three-pointer, but I think it did end at one point. Yeah, it did. It was the record. It was the record for a very long time. It it was, it, it was like it started like in two thousand or two thousand one, and it ended. I want to say maybe during the lockout season or the or maybe the beard season. Uh, so it reached like a thousand games, I think. But uh, but yeah, yeah, one of the all-time best shooting teams ever. Um, yeah, this is fun, man. Going back down. Uh, Talking about some games we've been to, we've been like I said, man, we've been lucky to uh, to go to a lot of these. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this podcast that 
uh, might not never have gotten the chance to go to a game. Uh, if you're an out-of-towner and you're ever in Dallas and you do go to a game, let me know. Let Mike know. Uh, one of us might be there. We'll come say what's up. Uh, you know, if, if we can, just come come meet you, talk to you, whatever. Uh, I feel like if you're a Mavs fan and you have the means, you have the capability of, uh, of, of getting to a game, I feel like you should, you know, especially while, while we have Luca, things are getting exciting, you know, uh, now's the time. So I feel like it's something that everybody should experience as a Mavs fan. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's so much fun. Um, you know, I, I try to go to a few games a year and I, I always enjoy it. It is really like a, just like an event. And, um, especially now that the, the Mavs are, you know, it's exciting in, in the, the, in the arena again after a few kind of less than stellar years, but it's uh it's a lot of fun to go to a game and there's so many things to do around the arena now. Um, a lot of great restaurants um, and just different places to go get something to eat. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I would definitely recommend going and uh, yeah, if, if you're there and you see that we're there, it'd be fun to, to meet up with some, with some new, uh, with some mass fans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And hopefully it's soon. Hopefully it's very soon and basketball yeah. can come back and, and I will be right with the world. But in the meantime, it never hurts to uh, to look back on some of the great memories that we've made over the years. So um, this is fun, man. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, thank you. What are some of the best games that you've been to? What are some of your favorite Mavs memories? Maybe it's one of the games that we listened uh, listed Maybe it's 41-21-1. Maybe it's a different playoff game. Maybe it's a regular season game. Maybe it was your first Mavs game. I know everybody's first one is very special. Uh, let me know. Let Mike know. He is Forgotten Mavs on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I am Bobby Corella on Twitter. Um, hit us up. Just talk. It's fun. It's fun to talk about uh, some old memories, relive the glory days, and, and all that stuff. So uh, let us know, man. Um, yeah, Mike, thank you. Have a good one. And uh, Mike, I'm Bobby. We will be back with you tomorrow on Mavs Plane.